0: What's up there, Longhorn fans? I'm not Joe Cook. I'm Trey Elling. But I am sitting in for Joe Cook today as uh, I get to speak with my good friend, Justin Wells. Normally, it's Joe and Justin on Thursdays. But Joe is uh, taking some much-deserved time off. The guy goes nonstop. It's just a a truly impressive thing to watch day in and day out. But always a pleasure chatting with you, Justin, even if for a second time in a given week. How are you doing today?
1: Absolutely, man. And we always have something to talk about. And I have to tell you, Joe, your 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 scenery is a lot more festive. Uh, if you look in the back behind Joe, there's a bunch of on three hats and Houston Astros hats. <laughs> With you, I, I get the Christmas tree, I get the festivity. I, I like it. Joe's actually headed to San Antonio right now for for SARS uh, Alamo Bowl press conference. That'll it'll be going up in a few hours, and so. Um, my man Trey came in to pitch it, and we, we've always got stuff to update from portal to team. Bowl practice is starting at the end of the week. There's always something going on in December in Austin.
0: I need to give proper credit for the background because as much as I would like to uh, take credit for the Christmas tree to my right, that is uh, completely on my wife. She uh, does a great job of setting things up each and every year. I'm actually going to do the Christmas lights thing with the kids Uh, This afternoon, I'm going to take them out of their martial arts class a little bit earlier. But yeah, I'm pretty much getting to ride ride the Christmas wave at this point because I have a wife who is so into the holiday, Justin.
1: You know, and and that's an advantage. That's a big advantage. Uh, When I I used to be married, that was the same. It was the same uh, recipe. Uh, She was really big on Christmas. And so and what's so funny is it's it's overlapped my son. And so, uh, you know, he's one of those that, all right, we need to get stuff up. All right, well, I'll have you know, I'll put you know, it's funny because I probably wouldn't mess with it as much. Yeah, but but Alexander's so into it. Obviously, it's Christmas, and so and he, you know, I let him do a lot of it, and and so we'll have ours up here pretty quick. Uh, he, he'll be coming home this weekend, so we're uh, he'll definitely want to he'll come see you too. He's definitely gonna uh, be ready to rock and roll.
0: I'm more in your category. As a matter of fact, I'm having to be careful leading up to Thanksgiving now because I'll give my curmudgeonly commentary whenever I hear a Christmas song in mid-November. Or I see Christmas lights up already. My kids were starting to get critical this year about those things, too. And I'm like, oh, gosh, am I really – uh, about to ruin the Christmas magic for you two <laughs> at the age of eight and six, but uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Lots to talk about in the world of uh, Texas Longhorn sports, starting in college football, of course. We'll get you a transfer portal and recruiting update shortly. But Justin, I'm excited because this Alamo Bowl matchup, it tends to be a better matchup than not, especially with uh, the Alamo Bowl getting the first pick from the Big 12, uh, other than those teams that end up in the college football playoff for that New Year's Six game. And this is another good matchup for the Longhorns this year, much like a couple years ago when they got to face the number 12 Utah team from the Pac-12. This year, they get to face the number 12 team, also in the Pac-12, the Washington Huskies, Bowl practices get going this Friday. This is going to be a great test for this Longhorn football team to see if they can really put together uh, what they've learned throughout the course of the season. Some younger guys are going to get some opportunities as well and to really put a, a nice cap on this 2022 season.
1: I, I completely agree. This is a great matchup. Uh, you know, I, I've been one of those uh, staunchly opposed to playing an in state bowl game. Uh, and that's all me being selfish. <laughs> I mean, I remember the Holiday Bowl. Year after year, those trips to San Diego were, were nice. A little bit different than driving down 45 to, to, to San Antonio. Either way, though, they're, they're, Washington's coming in with one of the best offenses in the country. Michael Penix is – I didn't realize how big that guy was, Trey. You're talking 6'3", 215. Uh, he's, a, he's a big drink of water. Um, they have a pretty good matchup. I like a matchup with wide receiver Jalen Polk and safety Jared Thompson. Both are best friends. Uh, they grew up together in Lufkin High, at Lufkin and, and played together at Lufkin High School. Both great kids. Uh, we'll have something together on them at Inside Texas in the next week or so. Um, it's just a cool matchup. The Valero Alamo Bowl tweeted out a picture yesterday, and it was Sark when he was the head coach for Washington at the Alamo Bowl press conference uh, when they played Baylor. And I don't know if you remember that game. That game was nuts. I remember it was like a video game. And I think that's the year Griffin won the Heisman. I think mm. that's the year he won it. And, I mean, the, the scoring was absurd. It was the beginning of what we saw Baylor start to do, you know, year after year, just scoring an enormous amount of points. And so th- there's a lot to this game. There's a lot to to, to break down, not just Sart and PK's familiarity w- with Washington, but if you look at their roster, Trey, they've got almost a dozen Texas kids from East Texas to Syntex, they've um, they've they've planted a flag, and in in, in in Texas, like a lot of programs out of state do, and so those kids get to come home, get to play a little bit closer to home. I think this is going to be a good test for the Texas defense, some a, a group that I felt like has played better game after game as the season's gone on, uh, the one of the most explosive passing offenses in the country. This is going to test guys like Ryan Watts and Jaron Thompson and Anthony Cook and and Terrence Brooks, and so. There's so many little things, and and we'll go into that more and more as we get closer to the game. But I I, I think there's some excitement there because Washington's a good team. If Texas wants to finish the season with nine wins going in on a, what, three, four-game winning streak, they're going to have to beat a good team, and I think this will be a good test.
0: Yeah, the Washington passing attack versus the Texas pass defense is the matchup that I'll be watching closest because – The Texas defense has given up plays downfield at times this year, over the middle of the field, and then also downfield too. Some coverage bust. There was another one in that Baylor game. But we've also seen this front five to six do a much better job of getting after the quarterback and putting enough pressure on the opposing signal caller to make his life uncomfortable and to keep him from having the proper time to make plays downfield. And you're absolutely right. This Texas defense has shown the ability to evolve throughout the course of the season. This is a great final test for them. And offensively for the Longhorns, can Quinn Ewer's get back to that form that Longhorn fans saw early in the season. And of course that, uh, first full weekend of October in Dallas before things started to go downhill for him. Because even though you expect to see good things out of Jonathan Brooks, if Roshan Johnson and Bijan John Robinson end up playing in the game, that would be fantastic too. But right now I think we're all planning on it being the Jonathan Brooks show. So can Jonathan Brooks uh, continue to show those flashes that we saw at points throughout this season while also getting more in the way of plays through Quinn Ewers through the air?
1: It's only a kick. A jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's going to really work. you know that's the beauty of these bowl practices, Trey. Um, this group needs it. I, I think on the offensive side, we've seen uh, we've seen them peak at certain in certain weeks, and then we've seen some some of the mechanics of some of these guys kind of falter to, to, to the side a little bit. You know, Texas really leaned on Bijan and Rashawn in that second half against against Baylor, and and you could make a, an argument that should have been their recipe for most of the season. Well, now. I think Sark's going to have to make that decision because, you know, hypothetically, if Bijan and Rashawn don't play, you, like you said, it's probably going to be the Jonathan Brooks show. This offensive line can win at the line of scrimmage. This is something I think Texas has an advantage with. Uh, but, but they're going to have to lean on some other guys, and that's going to mean Quinn Ewers is going to have to take on a little bit more of that, of that leader role. I, I think as game manager, he, he, he's done well over the last few weeks. kind of getting settled back in and and things of that sort. But at some point, he's going to have to get the ball down the field vertically. And and he's got some guys. He's he's got the weapons from an Xavier Worthy to a Jatavian Sanders to a Jordan Whittington. He's got the horses. Uh, But this is going to be good for Quinn, I think, Trey. This is going to be a good test because uh, hypothetically, he may not be able to turn around and hand it to number five. And that was a big part of the offense in twenty twenty two. So seeing his seeing what he does over the next three to four weeks, I think is gonna be huge, not just from his development standpoint, but confidence going into the offseason.
0: There's another reason to maybe consider handing the football off a little bit more. It's because Washington's biggest strength on defense is their edge rushers. They uh, are good at setting that edge at times, but they're also really good at getting after the quarterback too. So this could be uh, one of those games where we see both quarterbacks facing a ton of pressure when they drop back, especially those obvious passing downs.
1: Absolutely. This is, this is a good quarterback matchup. I like how you, how you put that because both these guys are going to play on Sundays uh, it, it determines – it'll be determined when and where. But, yeah, these are both from the Southpaw, Michael Penix, to, to, to the big gun, Slinger, and Quinn Ewers. This is a good quarterback matchup. And both quarterbacks – you know, Penix announced, I believe, a few days ago that he's going to be back next year. So you're actually – you're kind of getting a preview of two of the best prospects heading into the NFL draft in a year and a half on, on, and on the Al- in the Alamo Bowl on the 29th.
0: That's right. So, uh, the Texas basketball team has been really good in the early portion of their 22 23 season, but they lost their first game of the year uh, the other night at Madison Square Garden for the Jimmy V Classic. It was a hard fought game. It was a game that uh, Texas wasn't all that good, especially on the offensive end. They're still uh, able to get it into overtime against number 17 Illinois. Ultimately, they falter in OT, though, losing 78. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 70, 85 to 78 was the final score there, giving that uh, that away score first as it shows up on TexasSports.com. Uh, <laughs> Justin, a little bit frustrating to see the uh, the Texas offense uh, really revert to form that we saw at times last year, but then again, it's just one game. Nobody expected this team to go undefeated on the season, and these are the sorts of contests against good competition where there can be valuable lessons learned. For you as somebody who is obviously uh, following this Texas basketball team as closely as you do, you actually have basketball in your past as well. What do you think maybe the biggest lesson is to be learned from Madison Square Garden the other night?
1: The biggest lesson to me, and let's not forget, Texas had a 10-point lead with about seven, eight minutes left. Yep. And what we saw – you know, with Tyrese Hunter dealing with with cramps, I think we saw Texas have to shift from him being a closer, last five minutes type guy, to Marcus Carr. And if we if you remember last year, that was Marcus Carr's role and it wasn't very good. Nope. And so that's what we saw last. That's what we saw, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden. Look, Texas played a great game and and this is a really good team. Like, I, I can't remember, and I know Texas has had hot starts over the last 10, 12 years. I just can't remember a group that looks as solid top to bottom as this bunch from veterans to young guys. Um, there's just such a, it's, it's such a good mixture. But Tyrese Hunter's your guy to handle the ball the last five minutes. He's your DJ Augustine. He's your closer. And with him cramping up, they had to go to Carr. Carr is not as strong in that role. He's just – he's a volume guy, and oftentimes shots he feels like he's creating aren't really good shots he's creating, and he's not really creating for others. It's a lot of times an iso with him and himself, and he's just not that guy. Uh, he, he's good in his role in this offense, uh, but, but you don't want him pushing the ball in iso the last five minutes of the game, yeah. and that's yeah. what it came down to really – Right, yep. I mean, and Illinois finally started hitting shots too. Right. Texas defense was outstanding, and their leading guy didn't really—I think he had four, maybe six points leading up to the last five minutes of the game. I know he hit a few in overtime and well to kind of give him the advantage. And so, Illinois also, Illinois also got hot, kind of when Texas was was sputtering in their in their tracks.
0: Yeah, and Marcus Carr wasn't having a great game on offense before he was asked to handle the basketball a little bit more. And I will admit, because I've been critical of him at times in the past, that uh, it turns into a a bit of an abyss when you pass in the basketball. Nobody else sees it on the offensive end, but he's also got that scorer's mentality, which is why he's better suited in that shooting guard role right now. He was making more of a concerted effort to pass down the stretch in that game and then also in overtime, too, And I feel like that kind of threw the Texas offense further out of flow. I guess my question for you is that are they hoping that Arterio Morris can eventually turn into that secondary ball handler if there is a situation where Hunter – cannot be the guy in a given situation because uh, we heard that Morris is more of that natural point guard type. Gosh, his athleticism was really on display in New York city the other night. It's just jaw dropping how athletic he is, but he's also somebody that we were told all last off season after, uh, after he did sign with Texas in the middle of last season uh, that uh, he could potentially be that next great point guard for the Longhorns. That's exactly
1: right. If you watch and you watch some of that game against Illinois, I love how, Arterio right now is finding his role, which yeah. when you come in as a high, you know, four-star, five-star recruit, you got, you get humbled in that regard. And him and Dylan Mitchell are both drinking some humble pie because you have to kind of work your way up that way. I want you to watch, if you, if you watch that, if fans watch that game again, watch how well Morris rebounds and pushes the ball up the floor. Yep. There was a, a good stretch the first half and even into the second half where Morris was clearing rebounds. And getting the ball up and out, which is exactly what you want those young guys doing. Morris has really good court vision. And like you said, you'd mentioned he is uber athletic, one of the most athletic guys in the program. I think you're gonna see more Morris do that continue that role. This is a guy that 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 is a can be a point guard, but he's also sort of a combo guard. And 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 in the past, those combo guards, you almost it was almost a detriment. Well, they couldn't shoot or they couldn't handle the ball, but they could do this. No, Morris can do all that. This guy ha- has so much ability and talent. And I do think you're going to see that more and more as, as his game starts to develop because, you know, car, like you said, car is a natural too. And, and, and he's got that scores mentality and, and, and people scores are born. They're not created hmm. in the sport of basketball. They are born. You either have it or you don't. Marcus Carr has that gene. He, he wants to score. And so, late him getting others involved late may have thrown that offense in flux a little bit, but I fully expect Arterior Morris to continue to grow and develop in that role and, and get some, some of those minutes, you know, if something happens, because, you know, we talked about it, the season, you know, the, the healthiest team doesn't win the title. The toughest team does the deepest team does. And, and and they're going to need Morris and some capacity to kind of come out of that and be able to, to deliver. And Morris can do that. He, he has so much talent, and 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 we saw that in high school. I saw that in AAU. His athleticism, I mean, he's got some Ja Morant to his game. He it's mm-hmm. he, he's fun. He he was a lot of fun to cover uh, in, in recruiting, and so and I've only seen you know strong points from, from Morris at this point. And so that's I, I like that question. That's a guy I think they're going to lean on more and more as he gets more acclimated to the speed of college.
0: I like the Ja Morant comparison. Maybe not quite as quick, but silly athleticism like Right, now. not as
1: quick twitch is jaw. Right. Jaws just his own level. But that's the closest thing. When we went when Jerry Hamilton and I went and watched him play his sophomore junior in high school, that's the first thing you noticed. It's just wow, this guy just hops off the floor.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. One more note on the Illinois loss. Texas fans got to see a couple of guys that we were used to uh, wearing Big 12 opposition uniforms over the last few years. Terrence Shannon Jr., who wasn't very good throughout most of that game, started to turn things on in the second half. Then he starts hitting. Ended up hitting shots in overtime. God, I hate that dude's attitude. I bet Tech fans are, uh, are happy that they're no longer having to deal with that. And then if I never have to see Matthew Mayer play basketball again, I will be completely fine with that, man. That guy – His season totals aren't all that impressive, but every time he goes up against the Longhorns, I don't know if it's being former teammates with Brock Cunningham at Austin Westlake or uh, just feeling smited that he wasn't recruited by Texas. It's a year against the Longhorns. Texas offered him. Did they? Okay. Well, I'm with you.
1: The the Matthew Meyer project, we saw some of that in Baylor when he played against Texas. Now we're seeing some of it with the Illini. Look, Matthew Meyer was offered by Texas. Don't get it twisted. I don't know how hard they pushed in that recruitment, but I do remember they were involved. It was because I think he was in the same class as Brock Cunningham. Yeah, I feel like those guys have been in school. Woo, <laughs> over six years it feels like. And so Matthew Meyer, yeah, and, and you being an Austinite, you, you so you've seen his name. He was part of one of those Westlake groups that I think that whole starting five signed and went and played somewhere from him uh, from. Um, Will Butler, Will Baker, uh, Kenoi Kennedy, like I think that whole group ended up playing somewhere, and, and Meyer was the guy that was kind of the the crazy outside shooter looking role. Yeah, uh, Texas fans don't want to see him again for whatever reason. He gets motivated when he plays the horns.
0: Yes, he does. All right, sw- uh, switching gears now, back to college football. The transfer portal still happening. Uh, things not uh, occurring as quickly for the Longhorns as maybe some fans would hope, but this is kind of what we expected all along. You have to be yeah. patient during this time because there's a lot of evaluation going on, and Steve Sarkeesian and staff want to make sure that they are bringing the right sorts of players in to compete for minutes at various positions. It could be a position of need. could be a position where you're just trying to create more competition where there's already some talent uh, for Texas folks who are uh, maybe squeezing a little bit right now, what's the latest update on the transfer portal?
1: Yeah, that's it's one of those. Eric wrote a great piece yesterday about patience. About yeah, the, the, you know, Texas. A lot of these big programs are, are are operating like a pro program now, a pro franchise, and they're they're churning the bottom of the roster. In the past, with a transfer, you were you were going to take one or two a year to fill a big hole. You needed a, an extra defensive tackle. You needed another corner, a backup quarterback, you know, something of that sort. Now it's, if we can upgrade over a starter, we're going to do it. And that's kind of what we kind of thought we would, that would transpire. You know, you see Texas right now with the number five recruiting class in the country, 2022 20, 22, 20 22 commits in the, in the cycle and they still got to save spots for the portal. And that's because you 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 want to get better at every spot. I think Ryan Watts kind of te- kind of spoiled this staff
0: hmm.
1: in, in thinking, man, we can just go get another Ryan Watts. Well, there's that's possible actually. I, I love Gavin Holmes, cat out of out of Wake Forest. I think Texas is in a good position with him. Uh, that's a guy that I, I would be watching if I'm a fan with the portal. But yeah, just it's really and trust me, we're going through the same minutia of, of checking it on a regular basis just because. There, there are going to be new names that pop in, in and out. And, and, and you want to also be cautious because Texas may have a few more kids that, that wind up popping in and out and, and, and you always want to make sure you can do it on their terms. And um, yeah, portal, portal, portal stuff is crazy right now, but it's, it's slowed down just a tick. I think you'll see a, a little bit less of it on social media over the next few days. And then I think you're going to see an influx over the next few weeks of these kids finding spots. Because they're going to come at a premium, and, okay. and 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 you're also judging, you're also judging. These programs are also trying to figure out how to juggle what recruit, how many recruits to bring in, and, and to me, that is just going to tax a player personnel, oh a director of a personnel, because you're, you're you're literally over overturning every rock, FCS, FBS, checking for injuries. You know, like a guy like Xavier offered from from Shadow Creek signed with Texas. Uh, a couple of years ago, transferred out to USC. Had a phenomenal freshman year. Really flashed a, a guy we knew was going to be good. He was injured last year and, and really couldn't do anything last year. So that's a good that's a good example of well, do you take a shot on him because you know he can, kid can ball. You know he he fits in that window. He fits what they want to do. But has he overcome that injury? How much of that still lingers? Man, it, it, it's literally college football free agency. It's a little crazier than I think NFL free agency. And there's just so many levels to things they want to check from transcripts to, to injury history to to attitude. Look, Sark made a point last year, only bringing in good mental evals, only bringing in culture guys. I thought they did a really good job with that last year. They're only going to continue that 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 mantra going in with these guys.
0: Yeah, it's NFL free agency if every player on every roster was available to be signed by somebody else each offseason. That's the crazy part about it. It's right. So it's even worse than the league. Yeah. Yes, it is. And you have to
1: factor in, some of these programs have money. Some don't. I, you start to learn, well, okay, well, where can I get my brother, My butter, My bread butter this way? Can I go that? Man, these kids, and I, and I, tell, I can't tell you how many – guys I've talked to that think well should I go in the portal should I and it's like buddy you better have a spot in mind you better know somewhere that knows somebody that knows somebody that can get you a spot because I'm just afraid a lot of these kids are going to lose scholarships and they're going to wind up either going junior college they're going to go lower or they may not go anywhere they might might wind up going home and that's going to be the uh, one of the negative products of, of, of what the NCAA has created.
0: Yeah, you're right that financial wealth does matter for programs uh, a little bit more than it did uh, even just a few years ago. In other news, Justin, Reuben Owens, the top flight running back, uh, switched his commitment from Louisville to Texas A&M.
1: Top flight running back. That makes me think of uh, Day Day in uh, Friday After Next, which is the greatest Christmas movie of all time.
0: Oh, wow. Coming in hot with that opinion.
1: Oh, no, I, that, that, that's that been I've stood on that soapbox for years. You should watch it. It is the best Christmas the music, the melody, the fighting, everything. <laughs> Cat Williams, Terry Crews. There's so much good stuff going on in that movie. Um, but, yeah, top flight security. That's what that's what Data'd called himself. And let me tell you, if you ask Ruben Owens, he, he'd consider himself top flight running back. And you know what? He's pretty damn good. He had a great career at El Campo. You You can't get it twisted. The dude was phenomenal. on the football field in in many ways. And so uh, if you raise your hand, if you thought Ruben Owens was ever going to sign at Louisville. No, no. So you have to follow these things and you have to understand the bigger picture on a lot of these on a macro and macro level. And Ruben Owens was not destined to play football at Louisville, no matter how much he tweeted it, no matter how many edits he posted and it don't matter how many Louisville fans thought it could really happen. Um, and you know, what's funny is bringing in Brian Brown, bringing in Jeff Braum, Um, to me, that's, that's a big hire for them. They've been trying to get that guy I felt like for years, I think Satterfield almost saw the writing on the wall. And so that, you know, that can trickle down into another recruitment we can talk about. The last time Braun was involved with a Texas recruit was a guy named Rondell Moore.
0: Oh gosh. That one still burns me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, guess what? They've got a committed receiver named DeAndre Moore. (laughs) He's at Los Alamitos in California at St. John Bosco. And, and Sark went and saw him uh, yesterday, Jerry Hamilton at Inside Texas reported uh, they did an in-home to, to go and catch up with Moore. There's some confidence there. There's some confidence there, Trey. I think that's a that that's one that I feel like Texas has got some good movement there. They're looking at one more receiver in this cycle. We've talked about him. Kyle Parker, Lucas Lovejoy, Cat, LSU commit, Jaden Greathouse right down the road. Highly productive dude committed to North Texas. I mean, North Texas, Notre Dame. Um and, and, and how unlikely Great House is, really, you know, they're still on Great House, but there's just a less likelihood he would make that call. Uh, I'm going to have a post, an Intel post coming up later today, and it's going to go into a little bit more about Kyle Parker. And mm-hmm. I think more is the guy that they're identifying. But now with Braum there, that's a new scenario. That's a new. that that's something new because we know that guy is known for a wide open offense and throwing the football and getting Rondell Moore put in the game, put uh, getting putting him in the NFL. Um, but if you thought Ruben Owens was going to play at Louisville, here's your sign. Like that wasn't going to happen. Ruben was going to play at a bigger, better school for a bigger, better offer for a bigger, better opportunity. Ruben got it. He's in College Station, and now the Texas A&M Aggies have won offensive seal player in the class of
0: 2023.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
0: That is uh, a surprising number there, but.
1: (laughs) I don't know how you operate that way, but I think they're going to slam the portal pretty hard. There's going to be a churning of the roster because that program needs it. I think that right now on the portal tracker, they lead all of college football with kids that have decided to bolt. Uh, But that number can change every day. It fluctuates.
0: Oh, they have no choice with as big of a dumpster fire as that roster was this year. But here's the problem with that. Just because you bring a bunch of talented dudes in doesn't mean that it's all going to gel. You still have to have some of that cohesiveness on your roster already. And with the the, the level of guys leaving the program and the potentially coming in, too, it just seems like this is not going to get going in the right direction for Jimbo.
1: That's a good point. You know, with Texas last year bringing in a lot of young guys, you know, one of the things with Quinn Ewers was, well, how is he going to adapt? Well, it was Bijan. It was, it was exactly. leadership that was there already that could help him assimilate into the offense and to have, you know, a, a solid first year in Austin. Jimbo, they don't have that. The, 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 they're missing that at, at Texas A&M right now. They've had a couple more quarterbacks hit the portal, a couple more running backs hit the portal. Chris Marshall, former five-star, one of the most talented athletes in the state of Texas the last five or six years. He hit the portal yesterday, and so College Station's they're they're, they're going through some tra- some transition right now. They're probably going to hire a new offensive coordinator. It's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. I think they were looking at um, the guy that went to Wisconsin. We found out he was going to Wisconsin last night. Um, man, and then uh, I've also heard Jeff Grimes' name mentioned a few times. Um, Seth Luttrell, I think, would be a guy that mm-hmm. hey. That, that would actually be, a, I think, a boost for AM if they were to bring in a guy like that, because he definitely has um, he has some stake when, when it comes to scoring the football. Um, it'll be interesting. It's two different worlds right now. AM is kind of toiling in the fifth and sixth year of Jimbo in a $700 million contract, trying to figure out their footing after not going to a bowl and finishing last or second to last in conference, whereas Texas is uh, nine and four over the last 13. Going into a real big matchup with Washington, that can only boost their confidence going into the off because 2023 might be the year. My man Eric had talked about it during the season. 2022 is going to be a year of figuring things out and and getting a stable, getting stability throughout the program. 2023 is probably going to be the year where they start to compete for the Big 12 championship. And obviously, in 2022, a couple games go, a couple plays go this way or the other. They're playing in the Big 12 championship. That expectation is going to increase. Sark's going to need to make that game next year, and I think they're going to have the horses to do it.
0: They may very well. All right, last question, Justin. On the subject of guys leaving the a program, that includes former five-star DB Denver Harris, who, if I'm remembering correctly, Texas was in on his recruitment last year. Do you think yeah. he should be a take for the Longhorns right now? Absolutely not. Okay.
1: Uh, Denver Denver. Denver needs, needs a fresh start. I think the best thing – and look, Denver actually, when he played this year a little bit, Trey – Denver Harris is legit. That's a big, strong corner with, with a big future. He just has to get refocused. There's some knucklehead there that, that he's got to get out of his system. The best thing for Denver Harris would be how to go out of state. Hmm. Get away from home. Go as far away as possible. If 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 Denver Harris played at Ohio State this last year, I don't think he gets in trouble. I, I think he's away from home, He's he, and he's a, more focused, and he's more around a group. A winning group and environment. Denver needs to be around a good support system. He comes from North Shore. John K runs an incredible program, and and, and those are the, that's a group that he's used to winning. He's used to playing in, in that type of atmosphere. It, it, for Denver's sake, I, I feel like getting as far away from the state will be his best opportunity to play on Sundays because he's going to get a shot. Denver's way too talented, and he's a good. He, he's not a bad kid. He's not. He, he's done some silly stuff, but he's not a bad kid. He needs a fresh start. Get him out of the state. Get him somewhere else. I do not see Texas pursuing that whatsoever.
0: Thank you, as always, for the conversation, my friend.
1: Hey, man, nothing but love, brother, on this Thursday morning. I'll let Joe know you filled, you filled in and the standard has been raised. And <laughs> so uh,
0: he'll have to plan accordingly. Oh, boy. Now the pressure's on me. All right, thanks to all of you for checking us out today on the On Texas Football YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please do subscribe. And if you like this episode, click that thumbs up button. For Justin Wells, I am Trey Elling. We'll talk to you next time. In the meantime, have yourselves a great weekend. And hook them.